Episode 63, Breaking Free from Toxic Workplaces and Empowering Authentic Leadership with Anish Majumdar. Welcome to the story in your head. I'm Ron Macklin, and today, Deb, myself, and guest Anish Majumdar discuss how navigating through a toxic workplace or dealing with an unbearable boss doesn't have to be a dead-end situation. We also dive into how to create authentic leaders that empower people in the workplace. Hi, I'm Ron Macklin, the host of the Story in Your Head podcast and the founder of Imaginal Community, a new virtual space where you can discover how to change the world one relationship at a time. In the Imaginal Community, you can ask us questions, take online classes, and learn and grow with others who are transforming their relationship with themselves and with others. It's like social media for self-discovery. So to continue the conversation with us, join us over in the Imaginal Community by following the link in the show notes. We're excited to see you there. Welcome to the story in your head. Today, our guest is Anish. And uh, Anish, if you could, before we get started, like just kind of briefly introduce yourself. Look at it like a, a 10-story elevator speech. <laughs> That's good. I, I like that that way of, of kind of framing it. I am a 43-year-old lifelong adventurer who finds himself running a pretty successful career coaching business and developing a writing career. No one is more surprised by that than I am. I grew up in Montreal in a pretty dysfunctional Indian family. My mom, her schizophrenia like blossomed like to an insane dark degree when I was like around 10. So all of our existing kind of nice conformist Indian immigrant ways of looking at the world just put a bullet through all of that, which was kind of a blessing in some sense, because early on it allowed me to say, oh, okay, I actually don't have to take any of these people's ideas or plans or hopes or expectations seriously because it all fails ultimately there's no there's no resiliency there so it set me off on a path that took me first into acting in my 20s i was a film tv and and theater actor it led me into journalism and you know all of this i just learned kind of on the fly because i didn't have the money or the patience to go through the school route and i think that's kind of a, a dumb thing to do for a lot of a lot of pathways and, it, and along the way, trying to get a book published at age 26, found myself in New York, illegal immigrant, quote unquote, from Canada, no work, no work visa, anything like that. Not the best time to meet your wife, but that is exactly what happened. And, <laughs> and it, it gave me a far better thing to fight for, her and, and my three kids now, far, far better goal to have, which is actually serving them than anything I was able to do for myself. And in fact, I would say for most people who are listening, who are primarily driven by self-interest, you have no idea what you are capable of. You are looking at the world through a pinprick in terms of what you can do. And generally speaking, one of the things that will free you is to actually get out of your own ass, get out of your own ego, and actually look and find something more, something that's going to give you some purpose. And so, you know, 2,500 other, you know, clients in and, and, you know, the career coaching thing, probably as fired up by my 
giant middle finger I want to constantly be throwing to authority and corporate interest and all of that. My whole thing with that is get people out of the hell that they consider just a part of their professional life. Whether, whether you want to call it like blowing your brains out on Monster and Indeed, uh, sitting through some insulting interview, getting lowballed, you know, not leaving some toxic boss who's ripping your heart and your soul out. That's all part and parcel of the secret compromises that people make every single day. And I've never been privy to that. I've I've taken other types of pain on, but I've certainly never been privy to the pains of subservience. And that's what drives me. You know, it, ultimately, if there's a, a connective tissue in all of this, it's I'm looking for and I am curious to break as many people who are actually sick and tired of being in their respective matrixes as quickly as possible. And it's been going pretty well so far, I would say, <laughs> with some very notable expectations there and, and some notable twists and turns along the way, you know, the adventure continues. But yeah, that's that's where we are now. Who knows where we're going to go, you know, after that. Hopefully that answered the question a little bit. Yeah. No, th perfect. Thank you so much. And and one of the things you mentioned was, you know, leaving that, that toxic boss or that toxic workplace. And mm -hmm. it's funny, a lot of people that have been speaking to me lately saying, I love my job, but I can't stand my boss. Yeah. And and they don't want to leave the job because it's their dream job. They finally got the dream job and yet they just can't stand the boss. Yeah. And 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 they're really jammed up. I mean, how do you help people in that situation? Yeah, I, I think it's it's a it's a it's a really common one. I think the most important thing and this is something anyone in that situation can do is to start bringing in avenues of communication, insight, and understanding about what is going on in your industries of focus, your pathways, job types of focus that are outside the bubble of this one company. If it's a toxic situation and a toxic company, they're doing everything possible to prevent you from doing that, prevent you from essentially saying, okay, that's your opinion, that's your take, that's the strategy, what else? What are your competitors doing? What are people who are better capitalized doing? So the first thing I would do is you take the whole job seeker thing out of the equation here, start building some relationships and start talking to people who are high level intimidating, who you could actually have a conversation with from a place of admiration and respect and start understanding what's actually going on there. Start, start bringing a, a broader sense of that into play. If you do that and you start moving in that direction, it'll start probably bringing a couple of truths into light. One is, is that you're never going to have more leverage to get something better than before you're tossed out on your ass. So the way to think about this is not, am I going to get it again? The question is, no high performer worth his or her salt is spending more than a year or two at one company with rare exceptions anyway. So the, the consideration should be, how do I leverage my situation, right? How do mm. I leverage the momentum, the situation, the company, good and bad, by the way, because a company that's going off the rails, that's a fantastic reason for you to go out there and secure a, a new offer. Use that leverage and use that time. Don't wait to be pushed out. Now's the time to actually think like that. And I would say, for every one of you out there, you've got to start thinking like a free agent. And if you're thinking that your safety is wrapped up into a job title or a company or a situation anyway, no one's telling you to do that. <laughs> and I'm sorry, but your, your final authority has got to be to you and your family above everything else. Every company is secondary. Everything is temporary. Everything is one way to ride. You know, I'm a Canadian. You know, we grew up hearing about these myths of the log runners who used to be people who would literally risk life and limb 
with these huge trees would be would be like rolling down the river all the way to be processed. These guys were literally in the middle of the river, just shaking it so that it, it would be a smooth thing, right? Tempting death. That's the way that you've got to think about your career. There is no one log that is going to keep you safe. Stop thinking like that. The job is how do you leverage? How do you keep it moving? And how do you generate that momentum? You know, you've got it once, you'll get it 10 times. You know, I mean, you can't be afraid to give up a great outcome for something that you already know is unsatisfactory because that's only going to get worse. That's the only way that that goes. So what are you holding on to? Mm. Every bad job is going to zero. Every bad job is going to zero and it's going to hurt you the most it, the longer you stick around. So it's already gone. Yeah. Thanks, Anish. Yeah. yeah Anish, I, it was showing up for me. This is great. Fantastic. Noticing great sharing of the story. But as we go through our life, we become more likely to get a better job, get promoted, especially if we're out there trying on new jobs, getting new skills, right? And then there's a moment when we're the boss. How do we know if we're the toxic boss? Oh. How, how do how and then how do we know it? And how do we what do we do about that? I would say for starters, I wouldn't assume that the first part of what you've said is just a given. That is completely not what I've seen in the marketplace or any of my team members. There is zero correlation between the fact that you running the rabbit hole and getting more credentials and all of that is, is going to automatically result in a move up. The number of overqualified people who are thinking like that, who are completely unsuccessful, totally. So there is no, there's no correlation there. Okay. So that's one thing. The second thing is, if you want to know whether or not you're, you know, you're one of the, you're one of the toxic ones, I would say, A, is the business still around? Because within a five-year time frame, if you're the only voice that you're listening to, it's, it's unlikely. And the only people that you're hiring are, have your voice, it's unlikely. But, but generally speaking, you know, this is an interesting question because, because, you know, I run an organization, but I hate looking at myself as a boss. I, I would say, Probably the number one thing is, are you willing to show that you don't have all the answers? And are you willing to mm. trust the people who are around you to ask, to ask and be okay with the silence of what comes up? Doesn't mean that you're going to say or do what they're going to, you know, suggest. I'm not saying that, right? Except. But I'm saying, I'm saying, can you invite a degree of, of collaboration and can you work with those raw materials one way or the other? I think that's probably the number one indicator of whether or not this is someone you know you either want to be or certainly someone that you want to work with what 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 i noticed for myself is that do i enjoy letting others lead mm. right and if i do that i know that i'm looking for who's the best leader not like i'm the best leader but who is the best leader and follow that person yes and then that's a space where it, like the toxicity doesn't build up like there's no space for that but i also hold it because i worked with I, I work with toxic bosses right and I don't hold it, you know, when they were, you know, 18 and 25 years of age, you go, man, I can't wait till I get a job in the right place so I can be a toxic boss, mm -hmm. right? So I can push people around and do all that. I, I don't hold that. Mm -hmm. I hold that they are afraid. They got some fears. They got something that's driving them. They're in, you know, they feel like they're not enough and they don't feel anybody else is on their side. But Ron, who's to say that that's the right lesson that you took from it? There's just as many people out there who could who could experience exactly what you're saying. And they're like, you know what? I'm not going to let the entire leadership of these companies be filled with the bullies, the idiots, the toxic people. I'm going to be the exact opposite of that, right? I'm going to be yeah. exactly mm -hmm. what that person isn't. The answer is not always to retreat as an individual and say, you know what? The whole thing is, is, is vacata and we're, and we're, we're, we're walking <laughs> away, right? You know, 
And that is the truth. I mean, the truth is, you know, the good people out there, the people who are making good changes. I worked with a client, Brenda. She worked in finance. She knew that she, that she was going to get let go like 10 months before before she had to, but she couldn't live with herself if she didn't do everything possible to make sure that her team members were actually set up. So she was basically a career coach for them for eight months, nine months out of that, right? But that's what she needed to do in order to, to move that forward. That stuff happens, and come on, we're talking about finance here. She learned how to do that in the crap, in the garbage, in the, in the, in the shit. That's where she that's where she learned it. OK, she didn't learn it theorizing. She didn't learn it getting a bunch of, of leadership books and then coming in. She fought for that every single step of the way. And if you have something like that to offer or if you've been screwed over, you have to make a decision here. You know, like you have a limited amount of time to make some kind of impact happen. If you want any kind of fulfillment in this fight, fight, time to fight. Yeah. You, you know, one thing you said is still really resonating with me. And it's about, are you the only voice that you're listening to? Because <laughs> you see that in corporations, right? You see that there's one voice, or you even said, or if everyone else they hire has the same voice. Yeah. And for people that are starting a business, for people that are, you know, trying to hire employees, how do you coach them to, to be open to different ideas and to believe in others? You know, in my acting days, one of the, the the most powerful lessons I learned back there was no scene, no situation, no character actually is going to thrive unless you know, whether it's in a scene, whether it's in a play, whether it's in a movie, what is is the burning mission, the burning desire that's inside. That's a fire and an intention that does not change no matter what that situation is. And what we found working with people is if you get them to stop thinking about themselves as just a conglomeration of skill sets, education, credentials, or job titles, right? And you start asking themselves, start thinking about what you do through the lens of a process. Start thinking about what you do in terms of what's the connective tissue that has linked all of these roles and will link it in, in the future. For me, for example, we, we talked about this. I'm a huge believer in empowering individuals to whether it's offers opportunities to make it cheap, to make it easy, to make it fast. That's my take, right? So if you're interested in, in being a better passive candidate, all of that stuff, you already know before you get into my world, that's not going to work here, right? That's a point of view, right? It also allows me to build relationships, vet. It allows me to have conversations, exchange massive value, and keep a degree of integrity and authority through the whole thing, right? You have no a job seeker has no authority. They have no power because you're giving it up in order to get in the door most of the time, right? So you've got to think, what is something that I have a, a mission, a way of solving things, a way of looking at this that is not going to change? And if you have that and can brand yourself around that and can start dialoguing around that, building relationships around that, right? If you now, not only do you have a different stance, instead of you being Mr. Passive, you know, people pleasy, whatever you want to call it, whether we're talking a new relationship or, you know, an interview, you've got criteria, right? You know, you've, you've thought this out, right? 90% of, of a meeting should be asking questions. So you've already thought out, look, look, what makes for a company that's going to work? What's that? Well, we talked about the boss thing, right? Has, does that translate into concrete criteria that you have when you are meeting someone like that? Are you asking them those questions, right? Tell me about the last time someone in your team brought forth an idea that resulted in a strategic change here right? Tell me about the time. Like, these are specific things that you can do 
to bring that understanding into light. And by the way, that is the most powerful way to maintain authority and to and to move it into a zone that you're going to do, right? It's all job offers are about pain. That's what it's really about. It's not about job postings. Pain can be experienced and identified at any company at any juncture. And the earlier you identify it, the less competition there is. So if if part of your job, a part of your career, and I would say, you know, I'm an ambitious guy. I think you, I think for everyone, 50 to 60% of every week should be on your priorities, not your boss, not your stupid company, you, your family, right? At the very least, if you're not giving 10 to 20%, and I don't care how, take company time, use it, whatever you need, right? But if you're not giving that to yourself, you're screwed anyway, because there's no way that you're going to make up for three, four, five years of keeping your head under the sand and make all of these changes. You know, freedom is a language that you have to like practice every day. Don't think that, you know, 20 years of servitude is going to result in anything more than failure. So you've got to start getting out there. You've got to start taking some risks. You've got to start asking yourself, I, if I can do one job, I can do 15, 20, 30 jobs. I haven't met one person we worked with who, who could have only succeeded in IT. If you did that, you could have succeeded in 10 or 20 other industries. Why aren't you thinking like that, right? Why aren't you giving yourself the blessing of thinking abundantly instead of in this scarcity sort of reactive mindset, you know? So, but, but these, these changes can, are things that anyone or almost anyone can start moving towards and it will make a huge change. Are you looking to strengthen your relationships, whether personally or professionally? You wanna learn how to build authentic connections faster or perhaps you're looking to beat employee burnout through the power of connection. My name is Ron Macklin, founder of Macklin Connection. And in our workshops, we teach you the fundamentals of how to do exactly that and more. To learn more of the power of your relationships, visit us at MacklinConnection.com. It's funny, I, I keep I keep thinking about fear, right? Fear fear that can hold somebody in place mm-hmm. because, you know, trying something new, oh my gosh, how, uh, you know, scary is that to do something that I'm uncomfortable with or am I going to fail at it? Am I going to look stupid? Yes. Like all these fear. And then, and then you really triggered me too to think about like this when when a person goes in to interview, I mean, I can't even tell you, I've probably interviewed thousands of people in my career mm-hmm. um, to hire. And it always gets to the end. You know, I, I want it to be participative. And it gets to the end. And I say, you know, I, I, I've been talking for a long time. Do you have any questions? And sometimes it's like, no, I think I'm good. You know, there's there's no, like, they're not trying my company on. They're just waiting for me to decide. And I That's love right. that idea of, no, oh, it's, this is their future, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're trying us on just as much as we're trying them on. And I love it when people ask questions about, you know, how's my role? What's it going to look like for me mm-hmm. every day? Mm-hmm. But that's different. That's different than when I grew up. So yeah, Deb, but that, that's a, that's a story that they have. Their fear is driving them to not talk. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. 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 It's their fear is driving them to not talk. And how do we one as a as a an employee, right, mm-hmm. or a manager? What do we do to help that situation? Mm-hmm. What What do we say? How do we get them out of that shell? Because inside of every person is something amazing and brilliant, right? That right now their fear is going like, 
I'm not going to put that out there. Hell no. I'll look stupid. I've looked stupid before. I know what it looks like to look stupid. I'm not going to look stupid again. Yep. I'll just sit here and be quiet. But how do we get them to do that? How do we get them to get out of that? I mean, like whether that's they're a customer of ours, whether they're an employee of ours or our vendor of ours, whoever that is, how do we get them to like explode mm-hmm. Sur- surrender mm-hmm. to the, who they are is enough so that they can actually go get it. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Cause that, that's where you're going to get the power, the value, the beauty. Mm-hmm. Of what they got, that's that, that that's the question. Yep, absolutely. It, it reminds me of like, uh, you know, I think when I was in grade five, that was the first school dance we had, and I still remember this, where it was like in the gym, and uh, we were at that awkward age where all the boys were on one side of the gymnasium, <laughs> all the girls were on the other, and the teachers were in the middle trying to facilitate. Right. In some sense, what we're what we're talking about here is we're saying there's there's so much opportunity on both sides. There's so much need and desire on both sides, right? But this process, this way, something is getting lost here, right? So those who are willing on both sides to facilitate and change certain things are going to reap an outsized amount of reward. So if you're talking about it in the employer side, the most important thing would be to not lie or BS. And I know that sounds like a very obvious thing. Most job postings are not truthful. They're not telling you what's actually driving that because they don't want to share confidential details. I've hired people in my organization. I don't want to share confidential details about what's going on there. So that's one, right? Is is A, can you enter the hiring thing from a place of transparency? In other words, can you be willing to share details about people you may have hired, why it didn't work, what have you been trying to solve, what are the real numbers that are out there, what's going to happen if we if we don't do this, right? Being actually open about that will give the people that you're talking with, and it'll give you a chance to actually see them in problem-solving mode, right? It, it gives people a chance to get to work instead of just nervously saying, can I, should you, should I, can I? It's like you just get into it, right? So... So that's one thing is don't BS, don't lie, right? And I would say the second thing is look for people who are A, able to identify and rock with you in the truth early. That's a good sign. And B, are they willing and able to look at what's going on here through more than just a short-term lens? Like I'll give you an example. Pat, who heads up all of our sales operations, when I hired him, Look, I was just an overwhelmed career coach and we had too many incoming sales calls. That's the problem, right? But in diving into it, what gave him the job and what it made, makes, made him a full-fledged partner in the business so many years later, he looked at that and he's like, look, I know that what you think you need, and, and maybe it's true, is, is you need help with these sales calls. But why don't we go back to why you started this company? Why don't we go back to what the vision was that you told me in that earlier one? And why don't we think about building out this thing in a way that's actually going to support that? Not now, not just now, but in two years, three years, five years, because this can't keep going this way. There's no way that you can keep doing that. I didn't have to agree 100%. In fact, it kind of scared me what, what he was talking about, nor was, I, nor, was, nor was I sure about it. However, to have someone who can actually bolt some vision into this and can actually look at that, dude, I wasn't going to let that go for, for anything. You know, you can train people to do anything, but it's like you were saying with the questions and stuff, right? Asking questions like that also shows investment. It shows commitment, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you want that on both sides, you know? So if you can bring a little bit of extra commitment on the hiring side and say, okay, like, all right, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm airing a little bit of what feels like dirty laundry here, you know, but trust people because, because, you know, the workforce out there, there are so many good people and, and they are waiting to do good work. They're waiting to help. They're, they're, they're waiting to contribute. 
And what burns them, rightfully so, is entering these things with a good heart and an open heart and feeling like that's being abused, feeling like you're playing a game with me, feeling like you never really intended to hire anyone but someone internally this whole time and you're going through the motions, right? So these are the things that I think that, that really can, can, can waylay things. Mm, that's awesome. Also, tap your, tap your network. I mean, what we're seeing now is traditional hiring because of how expensive it's gotten. We're seeing more companies incentivize their executive leadership and senior leadership than never before. All that is to say is before you even think about hiring for someone, bring your most trusted people in and say, look, here's what we're trying to solve. Here's this. Who do you know that we might be able to talk to, right? Who do you personally know that we can bring this in, right? That's the future of, of where everything is going, basically, is, is everything is moving in the direction of who do you know? How can we activate that? How can we create an opportunity? And how can we get started on our terms, right? It's just the truth of it. You know, I mean, I, I'm not making the environment. I'm just calling it like I see it and like I am saying it. So, to everyone, you know, I mean, I, it's all, you know, it's up to you what you want, what you want to do here. But mommy and daddy are gone. Like there's no one, no one's, no one's here to save you, but you truly. No, thanks, Anish. So changing the subject just a little bit, let's say we're now a manager, like we've, we've had a career, we created something, we're a manager, younger manager, or maybe you were in our forties and fifties. What is our, like, what is your stand around all those 23 to 25 to 28 year olds who are showing up? Right, who who don't understand how business works yet? Like they know how to get grades, they know how to get through college, they know how to get things done enough to do that. What is our stand for for how we treat them and how we develop them in this space? Let me put it to you. What does your instinct tell you about that? My instinct says that when I'm no longer working and things are producing revenue and income for me to do that, they're the ones that are going to be running the world, right? And part of my responsibility is to help them develop themselves into the kind of leaders that well, you say not toxic, but that's a not versus mm -hmm. what it is, but to be a, an open, authentic, vulnerable, creative leader mm -hmm. right? and to help them foster those skills now versus when they get to 35 or 40 years of age and go, this doesn't work. And then they're going like, what do I do now? Or they get to 50 and they go, what do I do now? Because mm -hmm. we're short on leaders. We're short on people who are in it for something beyond career advancement. That's what we're really short on. Mm. We're not short on leaders. I was, I have no interest in being a leader. Believe it or not, I'm a shy, introverted person. The reason you're seeing this guy is because I happen to genuinely, genuinely to my core believe in the truth of what we're talking about. And that's unshakable. You can tell that in 30 seconds, you know, that makes a difference. The strength of the psychological frame you have makes a huge difference in terms of the success that you see out there. In terms of this, I would encourage you, I think it's insecure to even think about the problem that way because what you're, what you're doing is you're already saying, hey, I'm old and there's no real purpose I have aside from training these young whippersnappers. There's 50 million ways. I'll give you an example, okay? So Gail, we recently worked with her. She's in her early 70s, has spent the last two plus decades, maybe closer to three, working at Fortune 500 level HR, building out their talent organizations, fine. She had a whole plan mapped out. She's going to spend time with her granddaughter, leave with equity, etc. The last company she was with really screwed her. Not screwed her to the point where she, she couldn't have retired and, and done stuff, but screwed her to the point where she knew that if she left, she's not leaving in an abundant place in a way that honors her career. What she's done, she's leaving as a coward. She's leaving in a way that she doesn't want to do it. So 
she starts putting herself out there and, she, and we start talking about, okay, what is your value, right? What is, what is it actually that you're there? Like exactly like you're talking about. Anish, what am I going to do? I got people in their 30s, people with better degrees, people who are more digital savvy, right? Fine. Okay. No, no problem. So Gail, let's talk about your process. Let's talk about what you do here. And what we realized is what she specializes really in doing. HR is just one tiny, tiny way of looking at it. What she is, is a business builder who uses people and can see talent as an agency and an ally towards that. So when we started figuring that out and she started having conversations that just weren't in that in the same context and mental frame that she had been using for all of these years, but was coming at it as a business partner, what she found and what she's doing today, she never, she didn't know what the outcome was. She's, she's advising high, high growth startups, mid-stage companies that are basically filled with people who don't look remotely like her, mostly guys, mostly guys in their 30s, hard charging. They love her. They call her basically the Oracle in the Matrix because she has the wisdom and the insight to sit down and say, Ron, that's stupid. Okay, that's don't do that. Okay, like I, I, we've seen it. Okay, we don't need your big dick energy right now. What we need is actually some wisdom. What we actually need is someone who can see two, three, four steps down the line. You don't have to overthink whatever the outcome is you're thinking of, right? You have to be willing to put yourself out there and you have to be willing to take responsibility for that which you can control. She didn't know that that's what the outcome was going to be, but she definitely had to take a whole bunch of steps, you know, including for us automation and using LinkedIn and all that. But she had to take those things on some degree of faith, right? She had to believe that there was, there was some other chapter in her beyond that which was there. And you have to be willing to do that a little bit. You know, the answers are going to come, whether it's going to come through relationships or taking risks or falling flat on your face or embarrassing yourself. Yeah, it's going to come. I mean, but that's part of that's what the success journey is all about. You know, I mean, this is not something to run away from. It's it's do you want to live? Do you want to actually have a life that is actually Ron's life, right? Not Ron the, trying to overthink things but the life that only you could have lived. Isn't that what this is all about? Yeah, I, I hear I hear believing in yourself. Like that's, you know, for your client to have believed in herself enough to say, I'm worth it and I'm going to go do something else. But I'm also triggered by like something you said, like leaving as a coward, right? Like what, did, what, what, is that, what does that mean to you? Well, listen, that's her take on it. I'm, mm. I'm, I'm framing it that way because it was useful to look at, look at that way. And again, for me, if I'm working with someone, wherever you're getting that emotional buy-in from, I want to use, I don't want to throw mm. water on that. Right. Okay. So I wouldn't look at her, her, the moves there or, or, or frame it that way. However, for her, knowing what her journey was, knowing where she was at, it just was, let's not get too hung up on the words here. Okay. It was unacceptable for her that that would was bringing forth a degree of embarrassment of shame or whatever yeah that she couldn't live with now frankly you know what triggers me is the word trigger because i hate that crap okay but but <laughs> but but uh but i just wanted to explain that you know yeah yeah it's interesting how the story it, you know it, the story has to change like the 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 space that you gave her to change her story from the, the word we used, right? Be, being a coward to a word of empowerment and how her story, how you helped her change that story for herself. There's a lot of ways to self-belief. You know, there's a lot of ways towards that. It's never going to come listening to a podcast, unfortunately. It's never going to come taking a one-way course from me. That's not how, how it goes. Risking, 
mm-hmm. and putting yourself out there, I mean, is the way. But then again, you know, it's like that Steve Jobs thing, right? Uh, you know, where he, where he was talking about like, there's really no, I'm paraphrasing, but there's no reason to fear because you're already naked. You know, you are. So what are you holding on to? Like, and also, by the way, this helps. I've said this to many a client. Please remember that everyone is a complete mess, just like you are. And, <laughs> and, and truly, 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 apart from your family, no one is going to care one jot about what you're doing here. Like, it's like, it's all ashes in the wind. So again, please yourself. You know what I mean? Make sure that you're not lying to yourself. Make sure that you're not, that you're at least trying. Because what I found is the outcome doesn't matter so much as the honesty of the intention and whether you know whether or not you're standing up for a better life and you're taking steps. If you have that, I found poverty, struggle, all of these things can be very tolerable because there's a satisfaction to walking the right path, you know? And I want more people to experience that, you know? I want more people to risk getting out of this programming. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I'm seeing too many, you know, in, you know, in Rochester, I see, you know, this epidemic of men in their 30s and 40s with these jacked up trucks and their weird, like, cynical little American flags with their dumb little January 6th messaging. But you know what? If you actually look underneath that, look at the wasted potential. Look at, look at how much force there is crying out for some kind of an impact. And look at what happens when year after year after year after year of being marginalized, pushed aside, feeling like you're nothing, a whole generation of people basically walking around like contractors, moving around, trying to survive. Don't tell me that that, by the way, guys, don't sit here and tell me that that's just the normal state of affairs. That's not the way that it should have ever been. All these lost individuals looking for some kind of sustenance or survival. Bullshit. So we are working through a time where drastic action is necessary, right? I mean, we're, we're working through a time of upheaval. Do with that what you will, I guess, guys. Yeah, thank oh. you, Anish. Yeah, Anish, is great. I don't, uh, no disagreements on our part about a time of great upheaval. The changes are, the capacity for change has amplified so differently that uh, what's going to happen in the next, what's happening right now, it's crazy. I don't mean crazy like weird. I mean crazy like it's enabling people and it's going to enable people to do things that they could never do before. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's, I think that's really true. I think, I think the greatest skill that anyone can develop in the job market right now is the skill of getting a little bit more comfortable with uncomfortable situations, a little bit more comfortable with not having all the answers, but taking a step anyway, a little bit more comfortable with talking to that person or risking because every new relationship is a risk, even though you feel intimidated or you feel like, no, I don't have anything to talk to with this person or anything like that. It's these, it's these acts and it's these little things, these small, small, small things that when you add it up results in a a completely different trajectory for someone, you know, these small acts of bravery, you know, that no one really sees, you know, these are the bets that you really make on yourself. You know, these are, these are the moments where you're really earning it. You know, it's not when you secure the offer or when your family or your friends or whatever, you know, knows about it. It it, it happens way before it happens in these small moments where it's like, are you willing to, to try, you know, um, well, I believe that we're here for a reason, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I, I fundamentally believe it. And I remember, reading about like the odds of us getting born, I think it's like one in like four trillion or something like that. And so it, it took that much to bring you here and you're going to let a job title stop it. You're going to let some rando boss stop it. I mean, is that it? Like, 
You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not that complicated. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you, you put yourself out there. It, it is what, you know, I look at my kids, six and four, it's natural in them to engage with other people. It's natural in them to engage and say, how can I help you? What do you have going on? Oh, my God, I never thought about that. Let's do it. It's only adults who have problems with all of this, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to go back to something we talked about at the very beginning of the show, which was those hard situations, those dangerous, those things that are hard for us to get through, that they seem miserable at the time, mm -hmm. and we're going through that. And then I look back at my own life, and I notice that those are the times of great growth. Those are the, those are the times that uh, now I look back and treasure them. Yeah. The, the who I became during that space. And yet I don't think it's a, it is not our instinct in today's culture to say, well, there's a really hard, bad, messed up piece of whatever it is, right? Let me jump into that. <laughs> right. Cause there's going to be something that I'm going to come out of that with. Mm -hmm. Yet that's where the great things come from for us. 100%. 100%. Right? So, so do you see those scary things? Lean in. That's right. Jump in. That's right. Jump in. And make that your instinct. I would say I would say jump into those and and another thing to stack on that is if you're looking at the road ahead, don't make the mistake of saying, look, you know, the people that I'm sort of tracking or quote unquote competing with, this is the this is the, the degree that they have. That's let me take that. This is the training. Look for differentiators. Look for the things that you're nerding out about, like the weird interests, right? The heart of innovation, especially in 2023 onwards, right, is those strange things, the things that come from the outside. The only reason I'm successful as a career coach is because you know, I grew up, you know, acting, the arts, it's behavioral, right? And so when I went into the career stuff, I'm looking around and I'm like, hey, is anyone going to talk about the fact that like 80% of this is all behavioral, but no one's, we're all pretending that it's not, right? That's an atypical insight that, that is working in, a, in, a, in an industry that it was never really intended to, right? You want to think about your career that way because that's going to protect you longer, right? You want to have a platform and a way of seeing things, right? A brand that is unimpeachable because it could only have come from your journey, right? And that's the way that you want to move in terms of your career. You want to move towards greater and greater niche positioning and ownership of unique value in a, in a unique way. That makes you very, very resistant to being cut out and all of this. Look, a person like that can do business with who they want and everyone else that they don't do business with, the goal should be this. If I pass on you, Ron, fine, no problem. But I should always have a part of me that regrets it because there should always be a part of me that says, what could it have been like if I'd worked with him? Because I know mm -hmm. it would have been a different outcome than anyone else. That has to be there, no mm -hmm. matter what, no matter what. Okay. That's the heart of power right there as a professional. Anish, it's been a great conversation. Is there anything you'd like to share, share with us? Yeah. Thank you guys. I really, I really, really appreciate it. And I, I, I so appreciated the, uh, the insightful questions, especially from, from two of you who know what it's like to take risks and create something from nothing and, 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 uh, and move it forward. I would just say, and I, perhaps it, it just goes to all of this, there's a reason that you're here. And the more you are you know, practicing that thing of fortune favoring the bold, the more you're going to find that it's not all at the end of the day about you. You don't have to do all of this. The image I just want to want to put out there is you know, you have this beautiful boat, rather than worrying about the destination, worry about making sure that the boat is sound, worry about making sure that you have a compass and a general sense of where you want to go. 
and then navigate and and sail and see what happens but allow yourself to to discover allow yourself to set sail because what i found in my life as well this is where i found the things like destiny and god and 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 all of that in my own life is is exactly like you said on the other side of the right kind of suffering and doubt there's peace there's strength and then you've got an open door for the rest of your life and those things never close you know so 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 move forward and please know i mean it, it like the world of opportunity is so still there. I mean, you know, like that's like, I know it sounds naive, you know what I mean? And, and maybe simplistic, but this is the, this is what I found. Like it has cured my cynicism working with people and seeing what's out there because exactly like what we were talking about, it's not that there's no opportunities. It's that you have two sides who just need a little help. They need a little help meeting each other, you know, and feeling comfortable and say, hey, come on in. Let's have some coffee. Let's have some tea. I got a little cake. You know what I mean? We can have, we can, we can take a load off, you know, and let's talk and let's talk as brother and sister and let's see what, what we can do, you know? Thank you, Anish. Great conversation today. Deb, thank you. And with this, I'll wrap up our show. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. At Macklin Connection, we believe making authentic connections with others can literally change your world. We invite you to share this podcast with one person that you care about. Maybe it's someone you haven't spoken with in a really long time and you'd love to reconnect. Or maybe it's the first person that popped into your head when you listened to this podcast because you thought it would be perfect for them. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.